Thanks for watching the fourth quarter with us. This is the Stretch Four. We are the Bulls Outcasts. I'm Matt. That's Big Dave. That's John. Uh, just a reminder, uh, follow all of us on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck, at Powell Sports, and at, and at JCVine214. Guys, um, so the Bulls got out to a really fast start in this one, um, which was good to see because you looked at this Ross, this Rockets lineup tonight and you were like, oh, God, like we better win, and we better win fairly handily. Because guess what? When the Bulls beat the Rockets back in January, it wasn't a blowout win, but the Bulls pretty much controlled that that the pace of that game uh, for – the entire four quarters. Um, there were two players in that game in Rockets jerseys by the names of Victor Oladipo and Christian Wood, who combined for 62 of the Rockets' points. That's a good point. Those 62 points were not suited up tonight, so I was thinking this should be a blowout for the Bulls. Yeah. Big Dave, you were talking about it on Twitter. A, ne- a next step for this Bulls team, learning how to win, all that jazz. When you come across a team that is shorthanded like this, that is struggling like this, that is clearly steering into a tank like the Rockets are, you shouldn't just beat them, but you should beat them convincingly. Yeah. And a 21 and a 20 point win is exactly that. I was not going to be satisfied with a close win tonight. I'm glad they won by 20. What about you? Oh, I completely agree. I think every these are the games where players are supposed to have career nights. These are the games where guys have the 81 points, have the 69, 18, and 6, like Jordan had. Like when you know, it beat 50 on us? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Like when CJ McCullough put up that, that ridiculous game against us. Like when 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 uh, Clay Thompson put up that ridiculous game against us. These are the games you're supposed to do that against these kind of teams, man. And I thought Wendell Carter Jr. should have easily had 20 and 10. I believe he finished, what, 18 and, what, 12 or 13? 18 and 13. 18 and 13. Sounds awesome of him. Kobe White with 24 and 10. Like, that's excellent. Like, Zach Levine with a quiet 21, but he got most of that in the third quarter. The Bulls scored 46 points in the third quarter. They dominated this team. This is what you wanted to see. When a team has lost, what, seven or eight in a row like the Rockets have, you keep your foot on the neck. And that's what you want to see from the Chicago Bulls. We haven't seen that in years, man. It just felt good to sit there and watch and sit back and get on here and just be happy. It just felt good, man. John, I know it felt good for you too, bro. It felt, this felt great. Anytime, first of all, you know, anytime you can be Houston, big fan. Just big fan in general, anything. This, this, Wait, I mean, aren't all Texans supposed to be just loving one another and looking out for one another right now? No, they're I mean, still just Houston, Dallas, I hatred. Mean, Ted Cruz lives in Houston. Uh, <laughs> you, don't live in, you don't live in Dallas. Uh, but <laughs> I, I, this is this. I mean, I, the balance on on this win, and you come out, you take care of business. There's no dramatics. There's no let up and D. We don't want them back in. This is, if I mean, again, night and day from a year ago just it just it's becoming routine to fall our competency which is scaring me like mm. uh, you know kobe showed up thank you kobe also that sounds weird to say <laughs> uh but you know what i mean like so this was just i mean really really fun and sure they didn't have christian wood or old Depot, but both those guys yeah. aren't all-stars like and so, no, I mean, they both dropped 30 on us each in the each. last game between these teams. But we're yeah. a different team, I would say, even though it feels like we played the Rockets 4,000 times this year. 
It does. does. It does. Uh, like that. You're right. But we played him twice in preseason too. That's what yeah. it was. They, I was trying to figure back out why back. it felt that way because yeah. of because of the COVID stuff. Yeah. But, back when they were still the James Harden Rockets, but Harden was sitting out. It's been a weird year for them, man. <laughs> weird. That's man. weird. Tough time. I don't know what like. Again, this is another uh, game where like I it feels like I know my nose and my, my knowns and my unknowns are still unknown. Like yeah. I'm still waiting for like, I still don't know if like Wendell or Kobe are like taking that. Like I still, I'm still waiting for that, that game where they say, Hey, I'm here for a while. Mm. Mm. I, I'm glad you brought that Dude. up. Because, Dude, I am too. Go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead, man. Well, I was just going to say, I, I wanted to go to Wendell, big Dave. Where did you want to go? No, I was, I was just, it's, it's awesome. Cause Matt is always in my brain. So when John <laughs> is in my brain, it's an awesome freaking thing because I was just talking about this, man. I I was just saying, John, like these are the games, and I was speaking about Wendell specifically, and I was saying these are the games where if you have that kind of game, people will remember it for years to come and just remember your potential of what you did because we're still talking about what Lowry did in New York. We're still talking about that game because just about what he did against a lesser team. We're like, man, we, we don't forget that dunk he did on Doug McDermott. We still talk about it. And it's carried him for about two, a year and a half, two years. That's exactly how I felt, John. I felt the same exact way. He should have that aim where we're just like, okay, well, shut me up. You Thank know, you. like that shut up game. Like, shut quit up talking game. about me being, being trash. Quit talking about me being average. Like, I am the man. I am dominant. I don't care if the dude who's guarding me is six foot five. I dominated him and I scored 40 and 20, like Matt said. Like, I, I this is my game and I'm awesome. John, I felt the same exact way, bro. I just love the fact that Wendell has looked like a different person, a different player mm-hmm. after coming back from that, that thigh bruise. Like, it's been four or five games that he's been back now. In the Philly game, it was a disappointing loss. But you guys remember Wendell's first quarter in the Sixers game? Where he was just like five for five. He had a hook, he had a hook, he had a mid-range. He bodied, he bodied freaking him. In in a lot of different ways, and it's slowly all getting put together, Wendell is looking more and more confident in his game and knowing where he's supposed to be and the reads he's supposed to make on the floor. And I think it's interesting that, uh, you know, people on the Bulls beat have been asking him recently about what he saw from Thad Young while Wendell was nursing himself back to health and the ways in which Thad Young operated, specifically when Thad would get the ball in that in the pocket and look to either make a move, put the ball on the floor, attack the basket, or swing it to, you know, swing it to the weak side, corner corner three shooter, where whatever and wherever. Thad Young recently has been talking about like, take a breath, slow down, realize you have time. Don't panic. Look at your options and go from there. Because how often last season did we see Wendell catch the ball in the pocket and just, like, he exploded and the ball exploded and we turned the ball over. It was like he didn't look to score. He didn't know where to look to pass. And it was all bad. This yeah. year, we're seeing Wendell slowly look more like the savvy wet savvy well that was a bad slip of the tongue the savvy vet that savvy wet dude savvy wet the, the, the savvy my favorite vet, band that dude they were so good from the pocket 
Like, Wendell's passes from the pocket are good. His reads where he puts the ball on the floor and attacks, like an undersized team like the Rockets tonight, are good. It's a world of difference compared to last season. I agree. But I also think, like, Wendell does, like, four good things in a row and gets articles written about him. <laughs> and it, I'm like, he's the six, he's, he's a six nine center. Like, yeah, he's not burnt. I'm waiting for him to show me where you control the game. Yes. If you're the yes. guy. Uh, like, just show, and, and Kobe kind of did that tonight. Like, he led the team in scoring. <laughs> like, you know, like, he had the quietest lead. Like, I, I looked at this box, I was like, what? When did I miss all these Kobe baskets? <laughs> <laughs> and so, but I do think we still know Zach. Zach is elite. Elite. Yes. Patrick Williams is precious cargo, as Matt would say. Protect him at all costs. And that's kind of it, right? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely right. I mean, like Wendell getting 18 and 13, it's not it's it's good, but I wanted more because of the people they were playing against. And you know, the he was going tallest up starter was six foot six. Tallest yeah. starter was six foot six. I, I need him. I need him to dominate those things. And I'm gonna keep saying this about Wendell. Like guys who are, I, I still think he's playing out of position, and he's obviously playing in that position because Lowry's at the four, obviously. Mm-hmm. But uh, guys who are six nine and playing centers to be six nine and play center, you got to be special. Mm-hmm. Like it has to be a special thing about you. Ben Wallace was six nine and special, yep. and he was special. Like Ben Wallace was really, really special. Come on, that, that throw made him close to seven feet, though. Fair enough. Fair enough. It it probably blocked a few more shots for him. Yeah. I'm sure it did. But but to be that size, you got to be like when Dennis Rodman, he was special. Like even when I thought about PJ Tucker playing center, you can get away with it because you had special on your team in James Harden. He's a knockdown you know I mean? shooter. Right, but but you still had special and because he, you had yeah. James Harden. And you know, P- so P- you, you can rebound. Right, but you can cheat. I'm saying you can cheat and get Dan away with that. Dan had a bio 6'9", but he can jump right. out of the, he can jump And out look of at him. Right. Exactly, John. He's yeah. special. He is special. He is an all-star. <laughs> he is special. He is a special basketball player. Triple doubles at his position. That's what I'm talking about when you're that kind of height. You got to do special stuff. You can't just give me regular things. Like, this is a game where – you should shut people up, like John said. Like this is the that kind of game where you should just be like, "Be quiet, I'm that dude." Go ahead, give me the basketball. We got some uh, some Ben Wallace love in the comments. Colin saying, "Love Ben Wallace." Why did so many fans hate him? Johnny said, "Ben Wallace could slaughter anyone." In so the league today. I saw that. Brandon, you, you got to be able to pull off the headbands on the biceps look. Yeah. I don't think Wendell <laughs> has the biceps for that. I really I don't. Headbands on the biceps. But do you think Ben Wallace yeah. would be good today? I don't think he would. I, I mean, think he sees the floor. I think he he would he would still be the all defensive team center that that he was. Yeah. In today's game, I think. Yeah. But you'd have yeah. to score a little bit, right, to get on there. I mean, he, he would, he'll get you eight points, wouldn't he? Like, think of the centers. Like, like, like Jokic and Embiid. Those are like, you know what I mean? Or Anthony Davis. They, but they wouldn't score against a guy like Ben Wallace. Like, Ben Wallace was too dominant defensively. That's why I think he could succeed in this kind of era. Because he was dominant defensively. You weren't going to get off on him. It just wasn't going to happen. Yeah, but um, you could, yeah, I don't know. 
As for Wendell, Tyler said, look at what uh, Jeremy Grant is doing after developing under Billy. Let's give Wendell another year. He is still very young. Yes. That is something that I sure. think Bulls fans forget. Sure. Very Beyond often. fair. Beyond fair. And, and, yeah. and it's something that, that, that the Kobe believers and Kobe defenders, after a tough game from Kobe, always have said, whether it be his rookie year or this year, it's like, come on, the kid's young. Um, you know, happy fair. belated birthday to Kobe White. He just turned 21, like last sure. Tuesday. <laughs> Wendell Carter Jr. is only like, you know, 10 months older than that. Yeah. Yeah. He was one of the youngest rookies in his draft class just two years ago. So, like, because Wendell looks like a grown-ass man, like, mm -hmm. Wendell looks like he's 36, right? Fair, fair. He's 22. Look at the progression we are seeing from Zach Levine from 25 to 26. Yeah. A good, a, finally a good coach. Like, what What might Billy Donovan be able to do to help Wendell? I'm not giving up on Wendell yet, but I, I agree with you, John. And, like, our buddy C-Up said, every Bulls starter has dominated a half at some point this season except for Wendell Carter yes, Jr. Yes, thank you. Like, yes. he hasn't had that, like, F yes. you, all the haters out there, look yep. at me taking yep. over this game thank right you. now. Yep. Thank you. And that's, and that's what we want to see. We want to see thank him you. do that. And these are the games you're supposed to do that. You're supposed to say, screw you, I'm the man, hand me the basketball, I'm dominating inside. And there were certain plays where I saw tonight, I was like, man, he's making that look difficult. Like, even even I saw him back down, I can't remember who was guarding him, but, I, but he was short, but he was backing down someone, and he went up with a left-handed hook from, like, the dotted line extended. Now, I hit, a, he hit the glass and went in, but I was like, why is he taking that shot? Like, he should... Just pummel this dude inside and go up strong because I know you're strong because I saw you against MD and I saw you body a 280 pound man. Like, like I need you to continue to do those kind of things and look for the ball and demand the ball, especially in these kind of games. This is the stuff we want to see because at the end of the day, guys, however you feel about a human being, however you feel about a person on the floor, the numbers matter. Okay, because I can look at Lowry, even though he, you're like, man, he don't do this inside, he don't do this, he don't do that. Well, Lowry's averaging 19 and six, shooting 51 percent from the field and 40 percent from three. Thank you. That's sir. end of the day. I can just say that. When I look at Wendell and you're telling me all the skills that he has, I'm still like, well, the dude's averaging like 12 or 13 a game. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you you gotta be able to do that so I can be on your side even more. So I I just want him to dominate. He's got to. He's got to be more special. I'm. I'm with that. I, I'm with that. I just. I. I. All I was saying is that I have seen a noticeable difference in the level of offensive aggression. Yes, I agree. And agree. And, and level-headed, calm decision making from Wendell yes. yes. since he's come back from injury, which yeah. like nobody should write, you know, uh, a flowery, you know, sonnet about that <laughs> accomplishment. We're not yeah. throwing a parade. Yeah. We're giving him credit for not having not having the yips. Uh, right, yeah. 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 It's like, oh, cool, you don't turn the ball over and panic as soon as you get the basketball as a right. professional NBA player. Great. Right. Um, those are, you know, those are the baby steps that we're dealing with, though. And I think the other interesting thing is, and then we'll move on to the next topic. I know John said he had some trade talk he wanted to get to. When you talk about, Dave, Wendell playing out of position, an mm -hmm. undersized 6'9 center. He does have a 7'5 wingspan, so that somewhat makes up for his lack of height. But it does. That's real does it, though, because he should – What? how does it make up for it? Because he doesn't block. 
He doesn't get rebounds. Like this is a real that, that's not me being contrarian. I'm just like curious. Like then he should be playing like someone who's seven five, but he doesn't have the stats of someone who's seven five. No, I'm just saying as opposed to a six nine person with a six nine wingspan. Yes, it's better. A a seven five wingspan is better. You're, I agree um, with you, but people but people keep saying that, but he doesn't seem big. Is all I'm saying. No, I I fine. I agree with you. We agree with you. We, what, we're great. What I was saying is, Patrick Williams is your four of the future, and Wendell Carter Jr. I'm sorry, like I I feel better at the four. I feel more comfortable at the four. I'm I'm too undersized to play center. Great. Maybe don't airball threes. You know, like Billy Donovan gave him the green light in training camp and preseason and the start of the season. That that experiment, to borrow the phrase from our our, our beloved friend Kendall Gill, is over. The campaign <laughs> experiment is over. Game the one. Wendell developing NBA three-point range experiment, I'm sorry. I'm calling it over. Listen, I, I, I love that. That should have never was a catch-and-shoot three-making machine tonight. He was. He was. He was. God, it shouldn't have been a thing at all, man. Like, I, I'm not mad if Wendell takes a three or two, and but uh, two should be the maximum. That's it. Like, if I see you take over that, then, then we got issues. But, yeah, like, I don't mind him just shooting it because he's open. I, I just want him to be confident. But he's he's – the problem you are really we have struggling to talk yourself into this, right? No, now. no, no, no. <laughs> because the problem I'm saying the problem we had with him shooting those threes is because he didn't look confident shooting those threes. The last time we saw him shoot a three was against the Sixers, and he looked supremely confident when he went up for that shot. And I was like, "Yep, that's the right shot." And it was cash money. The, <laughs> it went when right the on second again. half happened. That's fine. Yeah, and then the second half happened. Correct. Airball. Because after that one, after that one, I was like, we good. I was like, we, we did good. It. We don't need to do it again. We did it. High five. Cool. Wait, why are we why are we why are we making a sequel to this? <laughs> like, no, like why we made our money on the first one. We don't need to see the sequel. Oh. So I, it has to be in rhythm. I'm I'm just concerned about the rhythm of it because then he has to feel it. It has to be in rhythm. The first one he hit was in rhythm. So that second one he took was not in rhythm. I remember it clearly. It was not in rhythm. It wasn't in no smoothness. Okay. He was like, oh, man, I'm at the three-point line. Let me shoot the shot. No, <laughs> not at all. It's like Robin Lopez. When Robin Lopez takes threes. It's oh. in rhythm. It's always in rhythm. Every time he takes man. a three and you're okay with it because you're like, well, it was in rhythm. It was a solid shot. Go ahead and shoot that. But, dude, Wendell Carter Jr. should not be shooting more than two. And one should be, honestly – be that's it. Uh, you just said the word rhythm so many times that I felt like getting up and starting to dance. <laughs> oh, because the rhythm. rhythm of the night. Not that that's it. I'm tired of trying to like Wendell. <laughs> <laughs> yo, yo, I feel like that is the entire mood of John Sabine. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's fine, like somebody said earlier. He's yeah. fine. Uh, all right. John, what's this trade you want to talk about? You're muted. <laughs> you're muted, John. <laughs> we can't hear what you're saying. And I know it's an incredible trade that you want to say, and I'm very excited to hear it. Of the night, dancing to the morning light. Oh, Brandon's throwing a cool running feel the rhythm in there. I love it. Oh, 
That was an underrated movie. Did I know people love it? A gigantic cool running poster in my living room. Yes, yes, I did. Of course you did. That was John Candy's most dramatic role. I don't care what anybody says. Five nine. (laughs) Can you hear me? Yes, we hear you now. I hear you clearly. So it's not. It's not a trade. It's Bulls people talking about trades in the hypothetical without any rumors or what we're going to return. Like you can't trade Thad. You can't trade Kobe without knowing what the return is. It's stupid and it's dumb and you're wrong because there's no hypothetical. Like you can't trade Thad for nothing. You're right. If they offer you LeBron James for Thad, you fucking trade that. Like I'm tired of so, this type of, of, of claiming without knowing what that without knowing what the exchange is, just calling shotgun on a player and saying So so you're talking about Bulls fans who label too many pieces quote unquote untouchable where it's like it it doesn't matter what the offer is you can't have this player and, and there's no rumors and maybe who knows but like to just start these hypothetical arguments of like you can't trade our second best player without knowing what the actual reality is is so insane I, I don't know if he's sarcastic and agreeing with you or he's actually saying this but maker Bayfield just said you can't trade that yeah. like you, if you like, well, okay, for what Kawhi Leonard, can you trade that? Yeah, like we don't know what the return is until there's a rumor, it's not an issue. And I'm, why are we, st- why, why are we just saying blanket yes and no? <laughs> like, you could, you can trade Zach if it's for Luca, like, <laughs> you, can, <laughs> you know, like. Again, John, I love when I love when you're in my brain. Once again, I love when you're in my brain. I thought the Wasting same thing. our time thing. with these fake non-rumor things. Anyway, that's my that's because my, yeah. Bulls fans can, can never stop talking about trade hypotheticals. Because when you're a team that's just swimming around in shit, it's as a fan one of the few entertaining things that you can do to distract yourself from the fact. That you're swimming around. But so many Bulls fans. Like, hey, no trade. How can I take this pool and make less of it shit and more of it water? No, that's but I, what I, Bulls fans do when they talk about <laughs> trades. But I think I think he's saying like when when you're tell, telling me that basically you're saying Thad Young is untradeable, <laughs> you know, and putting him in that category, then there's an issue. Like I think that's what John yeah, is, is, is saying, right? Because it's like, also not true. Because you, we, there, a, you're you're saying this, you're making up a hypothetical where there's nothing happening, there's no rumor, and if trades are two way streets, you have to know what the return is to even entertain the idea. Mm-hmm. And we are just saying no, bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. like I, who's I, winning? I totally totally agree with you, John. I I think that this fan base has a problem with how they propose conversations and the parameters of said conversations when it involves trading pieces that are on the team currently and the pieces that you're getting back and whether or not we can afford to part with certain pieces. It's I, I don't know if it is a Bulls fan specific thing. More so than other franchises. Mavs are the opposite. But they're, they're like, trade everyone. <laughs> everyone. <laughs> everyone's, everyone's available. Like, it's... So I funny. mean, like, I, I 
was blown away. Like this, this fan base, I, I have been interacting with this fan base on a daily, hourly basis yes. for six daily or seven years now on social media. Sure. In the Not seven. much of it surprises me. On anymore. TV and locked on. Like you when in there. When Bulls fans lost their shit because they let Dunn and Shaq Harrison go, I was Ooh. like, what are <laughs> Yo. What Yo. Did, did, I remember did you see our starting point guard shoot 18% from downtown last? That Yo, guy? If you like you're you're mad done. that they let that guy go? I remember I, it. I remember that clearly. <laughs> and you're so done, right. You are uninteresting. <laughs> I'm uninterested in your POV on any on food, on music. I'm just uninterested. I'm not saying it's bad. I am uninterested in it. That's all I'm saying. Yo. All right, Jack, Jack Tripper says, I trade Thad for a toaster that will be eventually given to Denzel in the ice bath. <laughs> I love it. Oh, my goodness. Um, uh, Chris said LeBron fans do that more than any fan base in the league. Yeah. I, I mean, but, oh. like, that's yeah, but he's good. not wrong. Yeah, he's elite. But, yeah. LeBron <laughs> and his worshipers are their own category but at least they can say he's elite you know what i'm saying they're like yeah i wouldn't trade lebron like that's not insane to say like he's untradeable that's not insane that's not insane to the finals more than almost all franchises (laughs) yes correct right there are a bunch of franchises that have not been even sniffed the finals as many times lebron has been there absolutely true absolutely factual all right guys uh let's get out of here it's monday we've got a lot of week left to get through the Bulls are off tomorrow they're back at it on Monday when they host Wednesday uh sorry thank you Wednesday when they host the new coach Minnesota Timberwolves who just dismissed Saunders Jr. late last night and interesting that they hired away an assistant coach from the Raptors mid-season uh that dude Finch um yeah obviously a lot of talk about how you know, Minnesota maybe passed over an opportunity to hire another African-American coach. Uh, Vanderpool not getting the look. You know, people talking about it all day today, especially as we are in Black History Month and we see all these players uh, and black executives and coaches around the NBA talking about how this has been a league largely predominantly built and expanded and exploded and everyone's making money because of the work of the black people who have made the NBA what it is. So obviously an awkward situation uh, that the Minnesota is going through. You wonder how that team will respond. But as far as that team's talent on paper, you're looking at another very winnable for the game for the Bulls on Wednesday. I mean, I think we're looking at a potential three-game winning streak here, right, guys? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I don't know how to feel right if now. If Zach plays better than Cat, we win. It's, it's going to be a battle of the best players, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Lakina, Lakina, you're right. She said, what about Cat? He might want out of Minnesota. Yes, I, I would take Cat. He's all. <laughs> yes. He's, good. He's um, good. And, John, speaking of Zach, tomorrow we will learn wow. the NBA coaches have selected Zach Levine as an Eastern Conference all-star, alternate, reserve, whatever you want to call him, the back half of the all-star team. We will be here on Wednesday celebrating Zach yes, Levine's all-star riot. Book it. If we, I, I will burn Utica to the ground. <laughs> to the freaking ground. Oh my God. So, everybody, fingers crossed for Zach Levine's All Star not tomorrow. 
We will see you all back here on Wednesday. Until then, thanks for the tips. Thanks for hanging out with us. A reminder, if you ever miss us live on Hot Mike, you can catch these episodes archived on the Bow Wow Bulls YouTube Bow. channel as well as the Bow Wow Bulls podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. For Big Tape and John, I'm Matt. Thanks for watching for the Bulls Outcasts. See you Wednesday. Peace.